All right, we are back for episode six, heading into a really weird week three matchup for the Illini. It's been kind of muddled with questions for the better part of the first half of the week. It's a Friday night college game, which maybe does or doesn't pose problems for some fans. But they traveled to South Florida, number 22 ranked South Florida. Yep. New head coach Charlie Strong was yep. at Texas for the last couple of years. So he's, he's got a nice resume. South Florida's a pretty good team. Uh, Illinois is coming off of a, I would say, a pretty nice win over Western Kentucky. The way the defense played offense, we, that's probably another bag of worms for, for right now. But what did you see, Mark, from Memorial Stadium last Saturday night, another night game? Well, a surprising performance from the defense. That, that's what we saw. That was the main thing. You know, the defense um, couldn't get off the field in the opener against Ball State, and they were really good right from the start against a Western Kentucky team that was favored by eight and that we thought was certainly better than Ball State. Maybe they are better than Ball State. I'm not saying they're not, but um, they, just, just they, they were quick to the ball. Their, their freshman uh, defensive ends, Bobby Roundtree and Isaiah Gay, were really good. Uh, they were hitting hard. They were in position. They just looked great. It was really um, kind of an inspiring performance um, in that game, and it really gave them an opportunity to win, and then when the offense came out at the start of the second half and marched down the field 80-some yards in 15 plays to score, uh, that was their best offensive moment of the year and um, and, and, and really um, really set them up for a, a nice victory. That, that was a feel-good victory last, uh, what was it, Saturday night? Saturday night, yeah. Yep, and now we go Friday night, and this game was... Um, you know, early in the week was clouded because of the hurricane situation down in, in Florida. And um, but they they were able to assess everything down there and determine that it was a okay to play. It's a busy weekend at Raymond James Stadium. They got this game on Friday night. They've got another college game Saturday night. They've got the Bears and the Buccaneers on Sunday. So there's a lot of football down there, and most of the high school games have been canceled down there. So a lot of those kids will be able to go to this game. And um, Illinois is hoping a few of them might come to see them too. Yeah, Illinois is making a little bit of a, a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of a footprint in Florida, and they have been yeah. over the last few years. So South Florida was supposed to play Connecticut last week. Yep. Obviously with Irma, that didn't happen. So they're coming off of a. It was two weeks ago on September second. They beat Stony Brook thirty-one to seventeen. Right. What do you expect from South Florida? Is there, do you think this layoff will be detrimental? I mean, it's obviously it's been a busy week for those kids down there. And do you think it'll be a detrimental layoff? Do you, what, what do you expect from them? I don't think it'll be a detrimental layoff at all. Um, I I think we we could have gotten a clearer picture on how good they are had they played Connecticut. Um, but without that, we'll just have to go on what the two, what they did the two games. But more importantly, we know what Quentin Flowers, their quarterback, can do. Uh, because he did it last year. And this is the most dynamic quarterback Illinois will face all season. He is a terrific player, uh, a nightmare for defensive coordinators and defensive players. He can run, he can pass. He is, um, I've been trying to think who he reminds me of, um, a little bit like Denard Robinson from Michigan a few years ago, um, a little bit like Lamar Jackson, the reigning Heisman mm -hmm. Trophy winner from Louisville, um, probably a better uh, well, at least, at least in the ballpark, passer, um, and you know, just as an example of what this kid does. Last season, between the the touchdowns he ran for and passed for, he accounted for 42 touchdowns. The entire Illinois football team scored 27. 
So this kid is really, really a dynamic player. If you watch him on tape, it's, he'll scare the heck out of you. And um, and it's all about him. They have It's not a one-man team, but at the end of every game, he's the guy that sort of leaves you breathless and talking about that. They won 11 games last year. They beat South Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. And this kid is the real deal, and he's going to be an enormous challenge for a young uh, defense. This is not the pocket passer that they were able to bottle up last week. Now, Isaiah Gay, I saw, I mean, this the Illinois defensive end, he's going to have his hands full so f- with Flowers, who through two games has 398 yards, four touchdowns. He's ran for a touchdown. Uh, he's got 137 net rushing yards. So like you said, he does everything. Uh, Isaiah Gay kind of felt, though, like he was a story coming out of that defense. Uh, you, you see his name, everybody who was at the game, every tweet related to the game was, Another play by Isaiah Gay. Another play by Isaiah Gay. How much of his development, what kind of development have you seen from him from the, for the first two weeks here? Well, I think it's him and Bobby Roundtree, the other freshman defensive end. And Bobby Roundtree looks the role. He's 6'5", 245. Isaiah Gay looks like a safety. When his uh, uniform is off and he's just in street clothes, he's 6'3", 216 pounds, Ooh. 17 years old. And this kid is really has been so far really hard to block. He is ultra quick uh, coming off the edge. He's been good against the run too, which is maybe a little surprising. Eventually he'll fill out and get to 245 or whatever. But right now he's doing it at a smaller at a smaller size. The the the, the concern is when you play a quarterback that can pull it down and run like that, you almost always end up talking about we have to be disciplined defensively, and that is a lot to ask of freshmen who right now are probably doing it on just raw athleticism and and, um, maybe some instincts and probably some good coaching too. But to have the kind of discipline to not get fooled by this guy. Flowers likes to take the ball, put it in his hands, look like he's going to throw it, run toward the line of scrimmage, cock his arm, and then at the last second pull it down and go. And um, other teams with more experienced defenses have not been able to deal with him. I would be surprised if Illinois can deal with him. It would be an en- If Illinois does deal with him, if Illinois controls him in somewhat and makes it a closer game, we have to go back and reevaluate during the upcoming bye week exactly how good this team might be. Um, I think they're, um, South Florida is a 17.5-point favorite for a reason. In the last 19 games, the fewest points South Florida has scored is 30. Wow, that's the, the I say the good news, bad news type situation. South Florida has some interesting numbers to me on the season. They... They get outscored 23 to 7 in the first quarter. The second quarter, they blow teams out of the water. It's 28 to 3 margin. Third quarter, 17 to nothing margin. Now, that's through two games. They had that really early game, if I'm remembering correctly. They fell behind like 16 to nothing in the first quarter. So that, that's going to skew it, but that, those third quarter numbers really jump at me, especially when you look at an Illinois team that really finally found its rhythm in the third quarter last week. So maybe there's nothing to it. Maybe it's something to look at. I don't know. Those are just interesting numbers. And. They've given up 415 passing yards. Yeah, uh, that's that's what we really don't know about them. How good are they defensively? Mm-hmm. And um, we know that I, I just think they're going to score some points. I don't. From what I have seen so far, Illinois' offense is not going to be able to keep up in a track right. rate. You know, and so. I think the jury's probably still out. You know, you look at the Illinois offense. The line is still getting worked out in some capacity. Correct? Yes, indeed. Um, although I think they're going to try to hold this group together. They started five completely 
people in five completely different positions in game two than they did in game one. Now, part of that was because two guys were, were suspended for the first quarter of game one, so they were able to get those those guys back, and then they juggled the rest of the deck, and they had that injury to the center that they had to account for. But if they can keep this five together, they, they were a better blocking group uh, running and, and pass protection, and they'll try to keep them together. That would certainly help Chase Crouch, who as of yet hasn't been able to demonstrate that he can really throw the ball downfield. Yeah, I think Chase is still kind of the jury's out on him. And I thought mm-hmm. Garrick McGee's comments about Chase and the way he reads the field were incredibly interesting. He he and Mike, you know, Chase and Mikey Dudek, Mike Dudek, our roommates, and McGee essentially said, stop looking for your roommate all the time and scan the field. Has that been a big concern in your eyes, his maybe zoning in too early on one receiver? Well, I think one thing we're reminded about is that Chase Crouch now has started three games in his career. So he's kind of learning on the run here, too. And, um, you know, Mikey Dudek is such a security blanket that not only him, but to some degree Wes Lunt once upon a time um, looked a lot at Mikey Dudek. And I, I get that. I mean, you know, you would do that. You would do that. But as Garrick McGee pointed out, the defense should dictate to you where you're going to throw the ball, not that, you know, I need to feel safe and try to... Because he threw one into triple coverage. He threw another one in, in where, where he shouldn't have thrown it. He made some mistakes and was fortunate not to pay for them in either of those cases. So um, he needs to look around. I think they they have opportunities to throw the ball downfield to Malik Turner, and they haven't taken advantage of those. They had an opportunity, I believe, to throw it down the field to Dom Thiemann, and they didn't take advantage of that one. And I think, uh, you know, part of it is that because the offensive line has been jumbled, that... Uh, Chase has sort of had the feeling that the protection is crumpling around him, and and so it reduces your field of vision, you know, back toward the line of scrimmage a little bit. And because Mikey's usually in the slot and and open, not super deep, he's maybe the natural guy to come to. But if their protection can uh, make Chase feel confident enough, he needs to start looking downfield a little bit more. They need to be uh, be able to strike from a distance now and again. I think probably by season's end we're going to sound like broken records talking about the running back Epstein here another nice game against Western Kentucky he's boy he's making an impact he's you know you talk about the freshmen on defense they're everywhere everywhere you turn but here's a freshman on offense who's coming out and didn't get a lot of talk about early you know before the season but he He's come out on fire. No, a lot of the talk before the season was Kendrick Foster, and he's immediately stolen the job from him. And he's really excited for this game. He's from Florida. His family will be down. His family flew up to the uh, game this last week in part to get away from the hurricane and didn't even book a return flight because they were going to wait and see um, uh, you know, how the damage was down there and, and determine when it was a good idea to return. Um, and then I, my understanding is they returned midweek or, or early in the week and um, got back down there. But they'll be at this game. There's 14 Illinois players from Florida. And uh, Mike Epstein is one of them, and uh, he has been very impressive. He's impressive uh, on every level. His pass protection needs to get a little bit better, um, and I think he's miss- he said he's missed some reads. I'll take him at his word, but he's quick. He's held on to the ball. That's always a big concern with a freshman running back. Do they is their ball security? And he has done that. And I think he's I think he's fast enough to go the distance if he can get into the open field. He hadn't quite gotten there yet, but this kid's been everything you could have hoped for, and maybe a little more. Yeah, that's Florida. You know, this I know this game was so up in the air for for a while, but this is big for Illinois. They, as you mentioned, they're they're putting that footprint, they're putting that eye on the ground in Florida, and. 
they're looking around for recruiting, and this is a good chance for some of those recruits to be able to stay stay home for the most part and come in and see a program that it looks like it's trending somewhat upward and to some degree. Yeah, they've already got commitments in the 18 class from Floridians, and um, you know, Lovey's uh, got name recognition down there from his days with Tampa Bay. Hardy was a longtime player for the Buccaneers. Donnie Abraham, their safeties coach, played for them and was the defensive coordinator at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, and his son. Um, his son plays starting safety for South Florida and has an interception in each of the first two games. So that's going to be kind of interesting for him as well. So there's a lot of connections there. And if they could get some high school kids to come out and uh, maybe see them play well, um, you know, that would be terrific. I think they'll have some people there. Plus, there's there's a lot of Illinois people that have transplanted to Florida yeah. who are going to come to this game. So there'll be a, there'll be a contingent there. And I don't think it's going to be – Epstein came from St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes. I, I would guess he's going to have some old teammates, though. That, for anyone who doesn't know about St. Thomas Aquinas, that is a power. That is – Probably, I would say, the power in Florida for, for high school Probably programs. Probably the best overall program. So he, he's going to have some teammates there who are looking to make a commitment, is my guess. And I would imagine he's probably going to sell Illinois and the program pretty high. I would think so, too. I, yeah. I think anything else you want to touch on before? The, I, don't, I hate to sound like those old guys who, who complain about a Friday night college football game. It is problematic to me. I, I think you probably stand in the same yep, uh, yep, I do too. Same field of thought as I do, but it is what it is. The Big Ten is trying to make some expansions. It, there's nothing we can do about it, and it is interesting that the Bears are down this Sunday. I, I think that's kind of... It would have been a cool trip, wouldn't it? Are they staying around? Do you know if Illinois is going to stay around for a game? Or oh, no, no. They'll get out of there. They'll be out of there um, tomorrow night after the game. So... Yeah. Maybe transition a little bit very quickly to basketball. You talked with Mike Allstork, Mark Allstork, excuse me, last week. Yep. Um, and then the Illinois basketball brass took themselves and they went up to Chicago and they kept their surround. You know, they went up and they, they met with Io Desmansu, the the tremendous guard who is a senior right now at Morgan Park. And you said they they had him surrounded a couple weeks back. What have you heard from how things went? I think the visit went great, but I think his living room has been like Grand Central Station <laughs> this week. This is a week for a lot of schools to make home visits uh, prior to the official start of team basketball practice. So Wake Forest, Danny Manning, they were all in there. And it looks like a lot of these schools brought their full entourage, as Illinois did, brought all, brought Brad Underwood, brought all three recruiting assistants in there, had the Mac Irvin Fire people there, which I'm sure they're involved in in uh, the recruiting all the time. So, you know, I think the, um, the situation there is um, Illinois continues to be in good stead there. I believe the mom... Um, really likes Underwood and really likes the idea of her kid coming to Illinois. Uh, m- maybe part of that is, you know, when you consider your son going to Wake Forest, um, and I'm not saying he won't pick Wake Forest, but, you know, moms like to see their <laughs> kids play. And I remember how Malcolm Hill's mom was at every home game and how she loved it. You know, it was a little bit of a drive, but not uh, much different from St. Louis to Champaign than it would be from Chicago down to Champaign. And, you know, I think mom thinks, you know, man, that would be cool just to be able to shoot down there and see all the games, a quick drive. Uh, So I think they're in great shape with him, but there's a lot of programs after him and dangling uh, ideas and playing time and and whatever you know uh, to him. So and sometimes the Chicago kids when they get out of t- when they say they want to go out of town, 
they mean really out of town, you know. So USC's involved, for instance. You know, that may be appealing to go to California and play for Enfield's team out there. A program that's really moving up yeah, quickly. Yeah, no, no doubt about quickly. that. And, you know, Kansas is interested, and, and uh, that's always an allure. Uh, hard to argue with their program success. So um, it's uh, he's a certainly their number one priority. Um, he would be a great get. He's a scoring, attacking 6'5 point guard and uh, would really fit in Brad's system. And I'm sure everyone else is telling him he'd fit perfectly in our system. Absolutely. We are going to jump over to Mark's interview with Chase Crouch, who it is a little bit of a media scrum. And yeah, it is. Well, things were screwed up this week, practice, or excuse me, schedule-wise, but, but a chance for you to hear the voice of the Illinois quarterback and what he was saying about his, uh, his thoughts about improvement from week one to week two and moving forward. Um, he's, a, he's an interesting kid to talk to. Absolutely. So we're going to hop over to that. Uh, we will be at some point entertaining some reader questions um, to, to include send them in, in this. Anytime. If you've got any, please send those in. A quick note, uh, week one, people felt a little disappointed about Ball State and the outcome of that game. Ball State beat University of Alabama Birmingham 51-31. to They hung 51 points in the college football game. So we, I told you that quarterback from Ball State's better than we thought. We talked last week. We don't. We didn't know what Ball State was after week one. Correct. We're maybe getting a little more of a clearer picture, so hang tight if you're frustrated still about that win and how it turned out, even though they picked up a win against Western Kentucky, and see how they play out because th- that win may look a little better as the weeks start to progress. That's here. right. So here's Chase Crouch. Um, enjoy the game, the odd Friday night game, and, and best wishes if you have a high school team you follow and you're trying to make a decision as to which, which game to tune into. Talking to Illini quarterback Chase Crouch. Was you looked at the film, what did you like about what you saw your team on Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, we made a lot of growth between week one and week two. Um, I think our offensive line played really great. Um, running backs ran the ball hard. Receivers were finding ways to get open. And I think the main thing I really liked was the competitiveness of the offense. Um, everybody was going hard every single play and and being really competitive, and that's what I liked the most. In the second half, you guys had some long drives, ate up a lot of clock. What did you see in that second half compared to the first half? Yeah, um, we came out of the locker room in the second half, and that was our goal, to come out, put together a long drive, and go down and score. And uh, that's exactly what we did. I think uh, that also showed some growth. From week one to week two, we sustained a long drive and the time of possession. We had a lot more time than we did the first week, so that was really good to see. How are you settling into this you know, starting quarterback role, and how do you feel like you've grown the first couple of weeks? Yeah, I think I'm <clears throat> I'm settling in well. Um, the first week, I didn't stay in the pocket as much, and you saw last week there were a couple times that I would stay in there and kind of take some hits as I was making throws and things like that instead of relying on my legs to get out and make big plays. So I think that was definitely an area of growth that, that I learned from week one to week two is just kind of staying in the pocket and giving my receivers more time to work and get open and then delivering the ball while I have pressure in my face. I think a lot of folks were holding their breath for a moment when you took a dive into the end zone. Uh, <laughs> did anybody say, don't do that again, or were they excited for you to do that? Nah, I mean, I think uh, just I know how to handle myself now. Uh, last year when you saw me dive in there, I was kind of flipping and landing on my head and things like that. But this year, I, I felt like I knew what I was doing. Um, I saw the, the defender put his head down, and when I dove over him, I felt like I knew how to land. I kind of rolled over on my back. So, yeah, I mean... 
maybe a couple people held their breath, but I wasn't worried at all about it. How many times have you done that in your life as a quarterback? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> I don't, quite a few. You got two freshmen on your offensive line, or you did the other night. What's their demeanor in the huddle and during the game as they go? Are they quiet? Are they talking at all? What's going on with them? I think they're very confident. Um, I know you see Larry. He's a huge kid, and and I think that he knows that he can overpower some of these defensive linemen, and, and he's a very co- confident kid. And, and Alex, he's very smart. He knows what he's doing every single play, and that's kind of rare for a freshman. He's coming in, and he's playing really like, he's, like he has experience. And that's really great to see. And, I mean, you guys saw him last game. They played very, very well, and, uh, and that was really great to see. Chase, going on the road for the first time with these young guys, is there anything different has to happen? Um, We prepare the same way. Um, I think it'll be exciting for these young guys to to take a road trip, to to go down in another environment and play a game. Um, It's going to be really exciting for them. And, yeah, like I said, we're going to prepare the same way, and and we're looking forward to it. They're a great team. How about you personally? Do you like like being on the road? Yeah, I like playing on the road. I kind of – I like having the opposing team's fans there. I, I like – I like the the noisy environment and things like that. I think that's fun. It, it makes the atmosphere more competitive and and your backs against the wall a little bit more at times. And I, I like that about football. Do you have to do anything technically different because maybe snap, snap count all that kind of stuff? Or anything different or all the same? Uh, it depends. If if the crowd noise is louder, we might switch things up with the snap count to make sure everybody's on the same page. Sure. But we haven't looked into that too much yet. We're we're focusing more on the schemes of of USF and, and their personnel right now and how we're going to attack it. So I'm sure uh, as the week goes on, we'll start talking about that. I feel like you have to cram a little bit because of the short week or do you have enough time to get all the prep in? Yeah, not necessarily cram. We, we bump day, days up one day early because we are playing on a Friday. Um, yesterday, as a team, we kind of got a workout in and we already started watching the film and we kind of treated it like how we would treat today. So, no, I don't feel like we need to cram at all. Um, it is different because we're playing on a Friday, but we bump things up, so we're in good shape. Christian said this the locker room was a little bit different after this win than it's been in years past. It, did you see that, or how do you feel this team's responded through two weeks? Yeah, I think the locker room was real excited. Um, I think that for the most part, maybe he was talking about how that's a big win for our program, and when we were all in there, there was just that feeling of confidence and that feeling that yeah, all summer like we've been working to be two and zero, and this is where we're at. And and through camp, I mean, our goal was to win all of our non-conference games, and we've put ourselves in a position that we're able to do that. So I think after the game in the locker room, we were all like, yeah, let's let's go get this goal, let's finish this up, and and move on to our other games. So I think that we've put ourselves in a good position to achieve one of the major goals we set for our program this year. It looks like we might see more of Lewis Dorsey. What, what have you learned about him in the somewhat brief time you guys have had to work together? What kind of a weapon is he? What's he bring to the offense? Yeah, he's really versatile. Um, he's, a, he's a playmaker. Um, you saw on that third and long, he, cu- he caught the ball and turned it upfield and got the yards we needed, broke a tackle. So. I think Lewis is a playmaker. Um, he's athletic. He was a basketball player. He goes up, likes to jump for the ball. So like, he's another one of those players. You see him out there, you can't always tell he's a freshman when he's out on the field, and he's, he's handled things a lot better than a lot of people would. As a veteran of this group, what, what have these freshmen added? Like, have they added a different kind of energy to this team, or what have you seen? 
Yeah, I think it's just the new faces. It, it adds a lot. Um, they bring energy. Um, that they're not acting like freshmen, and that's good to see. I mean, they give some other people confidence when they're out there making plays, and and sometimes they always don't know exactly what they're doing out there. But they're out there flying around, playing tough, and being competitive. And that's what we want our DNA to be. Um, we want to be consistent, and we want to be competitive, and go out there and compete like crazy until the last whistle blows. And and this week, we beat a really good football team, and, and we showed signs of that competitiveness and that grit that we want to be known for. But Christian said that you guys are, you know, have started prepping like you're going to play Friday in Florida. I mean, you don't know that for sure. Is that an odd feeling at all that you're not entirely sure what will come this week? No, I think that the most of us just are treating it like we're 100% playing in Florida. Um, we're not really like thinking about what could happen or where we could end up playing. We're just viewing it as we're going to play in Florida and we're going to prepare like that. So going into week one, you had you know, three teammates whose families were dealing with the hurricane in Houston. And this week, I mean, even more, whose families went through another hurricane. Just what's that been like you know, just with the team maybe trying to rally around? You know, it's, t- it's tough. Um, it is tough. And, and I don't know exactly how they're feeling. I've, I'm not in their shoes, but at the same time, I know that me personally and as a team, the only thing we can do is really just show as much support as we can to them and and let them know that we are praying for them. And if they need anything from us, and we're right there to give it it to them. Uh, Talking about this week's uh, game, what have you really seen on film with uh, USF? And uh, what what have you seen really from their defense, too? Yeah, their defense is is really good. Um, They have a very physical defensive line. a lot of guys on their defense are older. They've got experience, and linebacker play is really good. Secondary, it doesn't look like too many times they're getting beat deep and things like that. So uh, it's going to be a good challenge for us, and we're looking forward to going down there and playing. You guys had a great running game. What would you like to? What steps would you like to take this week in the passing game? Yeah, I think that there's definitely steps to be taken in the passing game. Um, we left a lot of yards on the table that. There's some big plays we could have had here and there, and just a couple things broke down. So just, I think that just executing what we need to execute in the passing game, and I think it'll come. I know it'll come, but uh, I think just execution is the major step we need to take. We, we, we know our assignment. We know what we need to be doing. We just need to execute. What have you learned about yourself in the passing game, in two games? Uh, honestly, I've, I've, I've taken some growth in terms of just staying in the pocket and and learning where some passing lanes are and things like that. But just growth-wise, I'm just trying to continue to improve every single week and, and build on the foundation we've set. You, you mentioned, and I think uh, Christian mentioned also a couple times, about the freshmen not acting like freshmen, you know. Is that particularly true with Mike Epstein? He seems to be almost in a different sphere in terms of maturity and so forth. I mean, you'd never, if you were just sitting down talking to him, you'd never recognize him as a freshman. Is that, you get that feeling from him? Yeah, you know, you're right about that. Um, I think that him coming from the high school program he's came from, I think he's played in some big environments, and I think the the standards for for how you carry yourself and how you should be playing are pretty high down there. So um, I think that might have benefited him some, but like you said, I mean, he does not act like a freshman. He doesn't play like a freshman, and that's great to see. I think that you've heard Coach Smith a couple of times talk about being a freshman can be used to your advantage, and uh, I think he's a great case of that.